The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about management consulting's relationship with marketing. Joining us is Jamie Cleghorn, who is a partner at Bain & Company, which is a global consulting firm that will help you achieve sustainable organic growth by putting your customers at the center of your company's strategy. Bain's approach tests every element of your customer experience, delivering optimal interactions at every touchpoint. Yesterday, Jamie and I talked about why marketers need management consultants, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about how Bain suggests you can define a playbook for your sales strategies. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Jamie Cleghorn, a partner at Bain & Company. Jamie, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, Ben, great to be here again. Excited to have you back on the show. You know, I I really want to make another management consultant joke, but honestly, I'm out of material here. Is there any good ones that you've heard about management consultants? The classic is we steal your watch and tell you what time it is. But getting back to the conversation we had yesterday is oftentimes when we interview 12 people at a company with 12 different watches, you're going to get 12 different times. The question is really, which watch should we steal? What's the right time? I appreciate you playing along here. And, you know, obviously, management consultants, we talk about their reputation. Hopefully, it's a good one at Bain. I think it is. You know, one of the things that we talked about yesterday was a lot of what management consultants are for is figuring out alignment between multiple different stakeholders in an organization and then communicating that alignment to the rest of the organization sort of downstream to the employees. We've seen a lot of sort of, I don't know if it's blurring of the lines or tearing down the walls between different business units. Sales and marketing are not necessarily two different organizations. And I'll throw customer success in there as well. They're basically one big revenue team now. So let's talk a little bit about now that the marketers have to get more into sales and understand what those strategies are. How do you at Bain think about defining a playbook for sales strategies and what do marketers need to know about that? I think there's a couple things on that. One is for marketers to get into that. Part of that is getting inside the head of a salesperson. And one of the things that we found is true is that salespeople basically live on a 13-week cycle. And it's all about the quarter. And they do that four times a year. I recently onboarded a guy at Bain who is a sort of a serial CMO. And when we were going through the interview process and the onboarding, I said, well, how were you successful? 
in driving change and growth at the companies you were at? And he said, well, it was pretty simple. I went and sat down, talked to sales and said, what are your pain points? What can I solve? And then I did that. And once I did that, I was able to get trust and we were able to build a really good collaborative relationship where there was a lot of positive give and take and we were able to push the needle further together. That is part of it. The playbook becomes a prescriptive way to do that. And for us, a playbook is around a sales play. It's an offering to a specific targeted customer. And it's pretty prescriptive around what's the initial awareness marketing, what's the drip campaign or the hook campaign around that, how do you cultivate it through marketing, how do you develop it, and then how do you move it into the sales pipeline. Sounds pretty basic and elementary, but if you're running an account where you've got 15 things you could be selling to that account and you've got 15 product managers pushing on you and saying, sell this, sell this, sell this, and if an account has limited bandwidth and limited ability to spend, you really got to prioritize and you got to make sure you're leading with the product that is going to be not necessarily the easiest one to sell, but the one that's going to move your company forward, the future product, not yesterday's product. And so what we find in a lot of larger companies is that sales operates with a really high degree of autonomy particularly if they're a generalist rep or carrying a big bag of products that they get to pick. They get to pick where things go. And they also, frankly, have to be the integrating force between a lot of different product owners coming at them and saying, sell my product, and a lot of different product marketers coming at them and saying, sell my product. And so the playbook can help cut through that complexity and that chaos a little bit. I want to go back to something that you said about how marketing and sales sort of can get aligned and how marketers need to put themselves in the head of the sales team. And so to me, what I'm imagining is first you swim through a sea of Bud Light and then you grab your money shooting gun and you try to figure out what target is. There's 15 different targets. You look at the biggest one and you fire as many bullets as fast as you can in that target because sales, one track mind, make money. That's basically the idea. And I know I'm offending everybody who's in sales. For the record, I've worked in sales and I do the ad sales for this podcast. So I'm joking. But sales obviously has a reputation of being one minded of making the bread, moving the paper. So that's a big challenge when you're defining your sales strategy is how do we figure out where to put the bullseye? Because salespeople are going to aim at what makes the most money for them. They are very incentive driven. So as you're thinking about your sales strategies and you're saying, well, we've got a playbook, we have an email campaign. How do we fill the pipeline? How do we set it up to knock it down? How do you make sure you're aiming at the right targets when you've got multiple targets to hit? So I could take that question a few different directions. I think from a target standpoint, if you're talking about customers, obviously you want to use market back intelligence and there's a whole world of enrichment out there and we've got some good enrichment heuristic model than we do to tell you where the most dollars are in the market. But if you're trying to figure out how to get the salesperson to get their attention, you know, the sea of Bud Light makes sense. The big dollars make sense. I don't think it's as simple as dollars though. I think it's dollars as a function of effort, if you will. Now, one of the things the sales playbook does is make it effortless. So if you can go to a seller and say, hey, press the go button on this play and we will queue up really good lead generation for you and we'll warm up the customer and take away a lot of that spade work and make that sale a lot easier and move the customer down the progression so that you're in there much more for the hard questions and the close, that makes sense. And that's what customers want, by the way, too. We've done a lot of work with customers on when do they want to talk to a salesperson? And what we find is that every year, they want to talk to salespeople less and less. They want to discover online. They want to learn online. They want to go to websites like Trust Radius or G2. And then they want to talk to a human being to answer really specific questions. In fact, what we found, I think, is that 80% of buyers walk into a buying cycle before they ever talk to a rep. They not only know what their choices are, they've got a preferred option. 
So the influence of marketers writ largely, sort of everything before sales is much more important than it ever has been. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So you said that the sales strategies are generally very prescribed. Walk me through them again. You said something about the email campaign. There's a couple of specific concrete steps. Let's go through those. It actually first starts with what's the value proposition. You'd be shocked at how many companies don't do product marketing very well and aren't able to articulate on one hand, you know, you got five fingers on a hand for a reason. You can really can't make more than five points that a human being can understand. And so what are the five points that are going to resonate? And then how does that actually change? Because the five are different from the different buying personas. So having that very clear and knowing what you're saying, who you're targeting, that is the foundational piece. And you'll find that that's actually not in place with, with a lot of companies. And it's really important to make that simple. There's a lot of tribal knowledge, I think, that happens there. And Companies just assume that their salespeople will pick it up, their marketers will pick it up. But the rate at which a growth company needs to bring on people and you know, have really simple codified ways of learning that stuff and sales turnover and all that is important. So that's one. Then it moves through the marketing actions and we could break those down by sort of basic awareness and then either a targeted demand gen or topic-based demand gen cultivated into then a, a BDR, SDRQ into sales. That becomes sort of the basic flow there. It's a pretty simple RevOps flow. But what you're going to find is that the right medium and the right message for different products, different price points are going to be pretty different along that flow. That to me is the biggest challenge when you're thinking about sales strategy is the world of marketing, and I'm assuming the world of sales, wants the process to be linear. I want to think that somebody is going to focus on building awareness of our company, do some research, experience our content, get nurtured through our campaigns, go through an SDR, be handed off to an AE, get closed, and become a customer for the rest of their lives. And in reality, they go back and forth and back and forth, and maybe they see a white paper that's meant to be nurtured, and then they go back and research the company because they found our content, and they you know, bump into an AE who hands them to an SDR to qualify them, and then move back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And 
eventually, hopefully it works out. You know, when the customer path is not a linear one, how do you set up these type of strategies that are sort of, they sound very linear. They sound like a direct progression. Well, from a marketing standpoint, I think content is the key on that, right? And so taking a B2C mindset and a B2B sale is what you have to do. And I think B2C has done that a lot better with sort of this omni-channel reality that customers are going to learn and discover from all sorts of different influencers. And then they're going to go peruse on all sorts of different channels and they are going to educate on one channel and, and transact on another. And there are very, very few B2B companies that have embraced that omnichannel ethos in any meaningful way. So I think that is part of it, just sort of putting the, the fundamental infrastructure in place. I think the other piece, and it's not a super appealing piece for those who are trying to make the quarter, but this whole idea of NPS and, you know, we could call it referral marketing, but just simply, are you creating positive word of mouth and are you creating potential promoters of your product? And there's this really interesting study I saw last year that said that the fastest growing companies or the highest value companies were ones that had used consumption-based pricing, which is this idea that there is no locking someone into a year-long contract or a multi-year contract. You're earning their loyalty with every click, with every unit of consumption. And I think that's good. I think, and that's in the same vein of you got to show up and deliver every day with the product. You got to show up and deliver every day with the experience. And when you do that, the marketing exercise becomes more of a shepherding exercise than it does a convincing exercise. I'm surprised to hear you say that the fastest growing companies are consumption-based because the entire world seems to want to go towards a subscription model. You know, as part of the sales strategy and honestly part of the marketing tactics, when you're thinking about pricing, how do you decide for your business, whether it's consumption-based, whether it's subscription, a la carte, how do you figure out that piece of the puzzle? I think it was the highest valued companies, but also very fast growing is consumption. I think of consumption as micro subscriptions. So instead of buying in one month increments, you're buying in units of compute or units of consumption. I think, how do you pick it? A lot of it comes down to instrumentation, right? How can you actually deliver it? It's very hard to sell a product that was not designed to be consumption-based as consumption-based because there's no meter, there's no way to do it. But in general, the more you can push your pricing to be smaller units with higher scale, I think the more you're going to force your company to do a better job for your customers every day. You know, it's interesting to hear your thoughts, not only on pricing, but it seems like you have a good understanding, marketing, pricing, sales tactics. Turns out management consultants actually know a lot about overall management of a company. Who knew? It's right there in the name, huh? It's kind of funny. So, Jamie, as much as I joke around about management consulting, you know, there is tons of overlap between the various channels that we've talked about. Specifically, let's go back to the marketing and sales pain point. You, or yesterday, you mentioned that the problem was we're being counted on different metrics, the MQLs as opposed to the SALs. As you're drawing together your sales strategy, as you're putting the playbook together, how do you decide how to count the metrics the same way? What are the ways that you can get the best synergy between your sales and marketing teams? You got to get to a really common denominator. I was talking to a partner at a growth fund the other day, and he was measured on total growth ROI on dollars invested. So the question then becomes for a revenue organization, where should my next best dollar go and where is the constraint in the system? So it might not be linear any one customer's path, but you certainly are running a, a system, a, a factory, a machine, and figuring out where to put that next dollar and drive that next piece of improvement is a lot of what we do. And the reality is there is no simple answer for that, but there's a pretty standard path to go diagnose, quantify it, and make some very intelligent decisions on where to go next. 
alignment is the biggest thing. And often that comes down to communication, which is why the management consultants are so valuable when you're getting into alignment, mostly at your larger companies, when you're talking about multiple different products, multiple different geographies, multiple stakeholders. It could be something that's very complex, not only to figure out what your strategy should be, but how to communicate it down into the organization. And that's what companies like Bain are for. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jamie Cleghorn, partner at Bain & Company. If you'd like to get in touch with Jamie, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can find his company's Twitter handle, which is Bain Alerts, B-A-I-N-A-L-E-R-T-S. Or you could visit his company's website, which is Bain.com, B-A-I-N.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.